Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Amen. Thank you all so much for leading us uh, this morning. Um, I love this time of the year. I love so much about this time of the year like I know you do. And uh, one of the things I love about this time of the year is just the music, you know. Uh, this it's, it's just that time of the year where we sing these songs that, for some reason or other, we, we don't sing them any other time of the year, which I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure why we don't do that other than just tradition. I mean, it's the same, it's the message we need to be proclaiming all the time, uh, that Jesus Christ has come. But man, you know, it's, it's that time of the year. How many of y'all have been listening to Christmas music since Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. How many of y'all been listening before Thanksgiving? Raise your All right, so I, I saw my I knew my wife's hand would be up. Uh, so uh, radio is stuck on 98.7 uh, because that's the continual Christian music, I mean Christmas music. And, uh, you know, so we just love it. We love singing these, the carols. We'll do that tonight in the uh, candlelight service tonight. Uh, you know, and then, then you got the, all the old secular ones. You know, I'll be home for Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year and frosty and jingle bells and all this stuff. So anyway, it's just that, it's just that music. You, you hear it everywhere. Uh, but I just love music. We got, who's a music lover in here? You just love music. I mean, the bunch of, you know, you just love music. I, I'm a musician, so I, you know, I, I love music for that reason, but I, I just love music. I always have. Love, I love all kinds of music. If, if you were to look at my Spotify app on my phone or, or my Pandora playlist or my iTunes uh, list of songs. Uh, it, it's got everything in there. Um, it, it, just tons of different genres of music that I love listening to. I mean, I, obviously, I love Christian music. Got to say that we're in church. No, I'm just kidding. I, you know, but I do. I love, I love Christian music I'm, of all kinds. I mean, uh, Chris Tomlin and all the folks, uh, you know, all the people that are that, that have do the worship songs that we sing now in, in church and things like that. But, man, I love the old hymns, too. That's why I love that 830 worship service. Man, I love the old hymns. I love singing Great is Thy Faithfulness and the old rugged cross and, and those, those hymns. And Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee that we just sang. That's an, that's an old one that's been around for a long time. So I love all you could And you'd find that in my Spotify. Sometimes I sit in my office and I find a channel that is just old classical old hymns and so just play those hymns and listen to those um i I like um i like movie soundtracks you know i like listening to movie sound i like a lot of instrumental music and like when i'm studying and stuff like that in my office i've got music playing all the time and if i'm (laughs) you know maybe you're like me if if i've got christian music playing where people are singing, I, I start singing with them in my mind, and then I have a hard time uh, studying and things like that. So usually it's just kind of some background music, some movie soundtracks, or just some meditation kind of music, uh, some jazz. Mark Sandifer's a big jazz guy. I, I did, I've known Mark since about 1985, but I didn't know he was a jazz guy until about three or four months ago. And uh, he likes it, so I, uh, listen to that. But because of my age, uh, I'm 58 years old, because of my age, I'm a 70s and 80s rock and roll guy. I mean, can I get a witness in here? I mean, you know, I just, I just am. Uh, that, that's kind of my, that's kind of my go-to. Uh, my default is is some good 70s, 80s uh, rock. You know, some of the power rock stuff. Um, you know, Chicago, Boston, Farner, uh, Kansas, Ario Speedwagon, Sticks. 
Um, uh, uh, who, who'd you say? Earth. Well, I'm going to get there in just a minute. Don't steal my thunder. Uh, you know, uh, 38 Special, Leonard, Leonard Skinner, uh, yeah, you know, Alan Parsons Project, Atlanta Rhythm Section, you know, some of those. I just love that. So, you know, that, 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 uh, that's kind of my go-to. That's, I used to have a whole bunch of eight-track tapes with uh, that, that music on it. How many of y'all don't know what an eight-track tape is? Raise your hand if you don't know what an eight-track tape is. Okay, uh, exactly. Um, but, uh, but then my wife... Um, and me too, but more so my wife, and I've told y'all this, she is a disco fanatic. Uh, she is disco, so when we get in the car, long trips, it, you know, she looks at me and I know, okay, and so I get my phone and go to the, the disco um, Spotify list, and we just start listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire, and all of are those folks, and uh, so, it, yeah, I just, I, I just, I love, the truth, I just love music, and I'm, and, and, all right, let me put a, spiritual spin on this i mean i i just i'm thankful that god gave us music i mean really i can't imagine our lives without music and so i just i I love music but let's get so let's get back to the 70s and 80s rock and roll and disco for a minute there was a song that came out now this i was i was really young when this came out some of y'all uh were not really young when this came out but that's uh but uh in 1971 a song came out uh, that I think is one of the best rock and roll songs uh, ever. And as the song came out, the name of the group was Rare Earth. Anybody know the, na- know the name of the song? I, nobody knew it at 8.30 either. The name of the song is I Just Want to Celebrate. Do y'all remember that song? I Just Want to Celebrate. All right, see a few heads nodding. Uh, most of y'all are going, have no clue. No, no clue whatsoever. So go find it. It's a great song, great rock and roll song. I Just Want to Celebrate. And so, in, in case you're getting mad at me because I'm talking about secular music in church, then uh, in the late 80s, there was a Christian music artist named Kim Boyce who re-released this song under a Christian label talking about celebrating. And so, I just want to celebrate. Well, 10 years later, there was another one. So, since nobody knew that one, I guarantee there'll be people that know this one. 10 years later, 1981, that song, by the way, I just want to celebrate, went to number seven on the charts. This one in 1981, by Cool and the Gang, went to number one on the charts. And the name of the song is My Wife, Vicky. Celebrate. That's right. Celebrate. That's right. So I, just want, uh, I just want to celebrate and then celebrate good times. There we go. All right, man. Good job. Good job, man. All right. So, um, and that went to number one, 1981, the year before I graduated from high school. So, um, anyway. Those two songs have a theme. You see where I'm going with this. They have a theme. The theme is celebration. Uh, I just want to celebrate. Go find that song. I've never heard it. It's a good good rock and roll song. Y'all all know, celebrate good times. Come on. One theme, celebrate, celebration. And I just want to tell you, starting the sermon off, if there's anybody in the world that has a reason to celebrate, it's us. Amen? I mean, it's us. And when I say us, I may not be talking about everybody in this room because it's kind of a... It's kind of a unique bunch of people that have the true reason to celebrate. And that is those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're the only ones in the world that really have a reason to celebrate. And, and, and I'm not talking about just having a head knowledge about him. I'm not talking about just this time of the year, knowing who the little baby in the manger in your neighbor's front yard, who's, who, what his name is. I'm, not talking about, I'm talking about people that truly, truly know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm talking about people who right now are, are, are 
are living for him, that know him, that don't just do this at Christmas time and show up in church at Christmas time. And if you do, I'm glad you're here. But I'm just telling you, it's more than that. It's more than just a couple of times a year showing up in a building and waving at God and saying, hey, God, guess what? I'm in church today. I'm talking about you don't have a reason to celebrate if that's all your relationship with Jesus is. Those who know Christ, those who truly know him, those who are faithfully living for him, those who are passionately worshiping him, those who are devotedly committed to him, those who are sacrificially living for him, these are the people who know how to celebrate and these are the people who know why to celebrate. That's what I'm talking about. That's who I'm talking about. We're talking about celebrating today. And so today, this is the third message in this God With Us series. We'll wrap it up next Sunday on Christmas Day. Third message. The first message was God is with us through all the generations. Remember, I read through Matthew chapter 1, all that genealogy with those hard-to-pronounce names and stuff like that, that God is with us through all of the generations. Then last week we talked about that God is with us in life circumstances. We talked about Joseph and the circumstance of his life, how they got completely turned upside down in a glorious way, even though he did not know it when he found, initially found out about it. But his life was, circumstances were turned upside down in a glorious, wonderful way when he found out that Mary was pregnant with Jesus and, and so that God is with us in those circumstances. And today, man, let's just celebrate today that we have a reason and that God is with us in our times of celebration. And this time that we have set aside today is a time of celebration. This time of year for us is a time of celebration. So let's just revel today in the truth that God is with us in times of celebration, great celebration. Grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. You knew I'd eventually get to Luke chapter 2 this time of the year, and uh, certainly it is. And today, uh, you know, I normally preach out of the ESV translation, English Standard Translation, but you can't read the Christmas story without reading it in the good old King James Version. So that's what I'm going to be reading. Y'all stand and let's read this passage together. Very familiar passage to us. Some of you could do, almost do it from memory. So I want to read this, Luke chapter 2. We're going to focus on verses 8 through 20, but just because it's the Sunday before Christmas, I want to read, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Remember the lineage that we read a couple of weeks ago, Matthew chapter 1. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Now this is where we're going to focus our attention today. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be, for, be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe, 
wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. May God bless the reading of this wonderful story again, the His Scripture today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, help us now as we gather around your word one more time, Lord, to hear from you today. And may your Spirit speak to us and give us the power and the strength and the ability and the courage to obey you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. So Luke chapter 2 is, you know, I think we could all agree Luke chapter 2 is the greatest story ever told. I think there's a movie about that isn't it the greatest story ever told it is the greatest story ever told certainly there's no doubt about that and there's there, there are reasons for that and we could we could there's a bunch of them i mean you know ultimately it's just because it's jesus but it's the greatest story ever told really because a couple of things one thing is that it's the culmination of all those old testament prophecies i mean we've talked about some of them you know from isaiah chapter 7 isaiah chapter 9 Places where, you know, we know that this one would come and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We know that. And we know that Isaiah also said that the people, I, I, I use this Wednesday night in our refresh uh, Christmas service, our refuge Christmas service. Great job Wednesday night for those that led in, in worship Wednesday night. I hope you were here. It was awesome. Um, and I use this, Isaiah chapter 9, where... Uh, God says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned, and the light obviously is Jesus. And so this, when we, we see Jesus coming in to the world here in Bethlehem, it's the culmination of all these prophecies that were spoken hundreds, 600, 700 years before he showed up. God said, this is who's coming. And so that's why it's the greatest story. It's the, it, it, it's the greatest story because it's just this, it gives us the promise for everybody here today, the promise for meaning in life. If you feel like your life just has no meaning, then come to Jesus. It gives you the promise of hope. Hope for the Christian is not, well, I hope something happens with a question mark. Hope for the Christian is the confident expectation that these things are going to come come to pass and they have and they will and so jesus means there's hope there's life for us that's why it's the greatest story ever told the, the, the reason it's the greatest story ever told is because some 30 years before jesus 30 plus years before jesus spoke the words of john three sixteen, it had already happened <laughs> what you're seeing here as jesus is born is you're seeing the the fruition of John 3.16 beginning to happen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so that only begotten Son, only begotten of the Father, not of a human Father, but of God the Father, has come. And so John 3.16 is, is coming to fruition right here before us. That's why it's the greatest story ever told. 
It's also one of the most familiar stories ever told, especially for those of us sitting in this room today. For those of us that have been in church our whole lives, and that's a bunch of us in this room, and even if you hadn't, still, it's a pretty familiar story. Uh, in our culture, for sure. Uh, it's a pretty familiar story, and, and, and we've heard it over and over and over again. That's one of the struggles, I'll tell you, I've probably said this before, but that's one of the struggles that we preachers have each year when we come to these special occasion times, Easter, Christmas, times like this, when, when we know that you are expecting, and rightfully so, that I'm going to preach on Luke chapter 2 sometime this month. If you hadn't, if I don't, it's like, man, you forgot Luke chapter 2, man. You know, what's up with you? And, and so, you, and like even 2023, you know, I've already got my sermons laid out uh, for 2023. 23, and I already know, Lord willing, what I'm going to be preaching on December a year from now. And guess what? It's going to be about Jesus coming into the world. I mean, that's what you do. You don't miss this opportunity to tell this story. But it is told a lot, and so it gets real familiar to us, and we've got to be careful with that. Because, I mean, we've, we've told it in every way imaginable. I mean, right now, churches everywhere are, are, are doing uh, big, doing their plays and their pageants. The Carols by Candlelight at First Baptist Jackson was just here recently. Uh, I was online this morning and saw the Brooklyn Tabernacle today is going to have three performances in, in New York City, the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Three performance, free performances, three free performances for the people there in New York City of this incredible uh, pageant of, of Christmas. And it's wonderful, and we should do that. I mean, we've portrayed Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and all of these plays. and pageants. Ron, you were a wise man, weren't you? And, 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 uh, and the carols by candlelight. And so, you know, we, we, we do that over and over again, and that's wonderful. I mean, we dress our children and our grandchildren up like little cherub-like angels and, and put, uh, you know, uh, gar golden garland halos over their heads and, and, and take pictures of them when they're up singing and picking their nose and doing all this stuff that angels uh, may or may not do. And, you know, um, we have nativity scenes. There's churches that do drive-through nativities. Uh, Lakeshore Church in Byram did it every year, and they bring live animals. Man, they'd have a... I think one year they got a giraffe from somewhere and had it down. I mean, they just, I don't, I don't know if it was a giraffe at, 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 uh, at the birth of Jesus, but I mean, just, you know, we do it. We, 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 choirs and orchestras, you know, just bring us to our feet when we hear Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus, you know, and, just, and, uh, and people that never darken the doors of the church during the Christmas season or during the year, at least this time of the year, they even even folks like that know y'all gonna talk about that baby, aren't you? You know, because it's just real familiar to us. It, it, but it's also the most it's it's the most it's the greatest story, and it's the most familiar. But it's also the most life changing story ever told. That's why we keep telling it because it is the truth. Because the events that happened in Bethlehem some two thousand years ago continue to echo throughout the world and in our lives even today. It wasn't just some little event that happened when the angels announced that Jesus has come. It was an announcement that is as real today as it was then. It is real, and the reason is is because that baby that was born in Bethlehem was Jesus is Jesus, and He is Emmanuel, which means that He 
was with Mary, and he was with Joseph, and he was with the shepherds that first Christmas, and he is with us now. And that's why this story has to keep getting told because it makes all the difference in this life and in the life to come. So we keep telling this story. And we celebrate this story. And that's the application for this message today is that knowing that God is with us is one of the greatest reasons to celebrate. Maybe the greatest. But obviously, it's way up the list of reasons for us as Christ followers to celebrate is because God is with us. He is with us. So we're going to focus on the shepherds for a little bit today. I love the shepherds. <laughs> of all the folks in the Christmas story, I think I love the shepherds the most. Uh, maybe you're like that too. Um, they were just common guys. That's what's so cool about God. The first people that got to hear about Jesus coming to the world were just common folks like you and me. Wasn't anything special about these guys, except for I'm going to tell you some special, uh, maybe that you may or not know today, but they were just common guys, common men doing their work, doing their work. They were considered ceremonially unclean because they hung out with animals, and so they, get, they, 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 they couldn't go to church. People couldn't, weren't supposed to touch them and stuff like that because they, were, they, they did that kind of thing. And so they were kind of almost kind of outcasts of society. They just kind of kept themselves and kept do, doing their job. But the crazy thing is that they were in their, basically their everyday lives. I mean, we, we think that, you know, because of our, our uh, frame of reference for the Christmas story, we think that, you know, maybe they kind of had some inkling because the shepherds that stand up on the stage dressed in their, in their bathrobes and stuff like that, when we do our plays, know that Jesus has come. Well, these guys didn't. They were just doing their everyday job, living their everyday lives, when, when the night sky and their world exploded, and they were changed forever. So, look back at verse 20, the last verse of this passage that we're looking at today. Look at verse 20, look what it says there. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as had been told to them. They returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So, let's, let's talk about these things. Because there's something more to the story about these shepherds and more to the story about these sheep that they were keeping watch over by night. First question I want to ask is, what, what had they heard? They returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard. What had they heard? What, what had they heard? Back up to verse 10 through 12. Listen, look at what they had heard. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So that is what they heard. That's what they heard. So these guys, all right, shepherds, they were hanging out. If you back up to verse 8, it says, in the same region. What? The region of what? The region of Bethlehem. Because remember, we just talked about Bethlehem, verses 1 through 7. You know, go to Bethlehem, city of David. 
That's where the baby's going to be born. So Mary and Joseph did that. So then it says in verse 8, in the same region, the same region of Bethlehem. Let's talk about Bethlehem. It was the city of David. We all know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a little town of Bethlehem. And, and, and these shepherds were in that same region. Bethlehem was not just some random stop on the road for Joseph and Mary, like you maybe traveling on a long trip and you get tired and you're in the middle of the night and we got to find somewhere to stop. I can't keep driving. You get up to the next ramp and it says, okay, there's a, there's a, a Holiday Inn Express right here. Let's, let's stop. We got to stop. I can't keep going. That's not Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Listen, it wasn't just this random. Again, remember prophecy, prophecy, Old Testament prophecy. Hundreds of years before this, God had told Micah, the Old Testament prophet Micah, in Micah 5.2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you, Bethlehem, though you were small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who is the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So God had this town, this little town, and it is just a small town. He had this little town, this spot on the map in mind from the beginning of time. So get that now. Understand that. This is not just random stuff here. God knew that Bethlehem was going to be the spot a long time before Joseph and Mary showed up there. So, even the name, Bethlehem, you take that word, that name apart, Bethlehem, the, the name Bethel, the first part, the name Bethel means house of God. House of God. Lehem means bread. <laughs> Bethlehem is God's house of bread. Do you remember at some point in Jesus' life and ministry, he said, I am the bread of life. Y'all, what if there's ever a place, any place that Jesus would and should be born, it's in God's house of bread. The bread of life was born in a place that was God's house of bread. How cool is that? That God understood that. So let's keep going. So check this out. Long before Jesus showed up, long before he came, the people of God in the Old Testament, they were required to keep making sacrifices to atone for their sins. You know we've talked about that. That they would just make sacrifice after. It was a bloody, messy process. That they would have to kill these animals over and over and over again. Killing all of these animals, all of these lambs, to, to sacrifice, to atone for their sins. Now understand this. And then at Passover, the people of God would sacrifice an unblemished lamb to commemorate the time back, come on with me now, when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. You remember, the last thing they had to do, kill a lamb, put the blood over the doorpost, so that when the angel of death came, the angel of death would pass over any house where he saw the blood. And all of the firstborn sons of the Egyptians died because there was no blood. So that's what the people of God were doing over and over and over again. So for all these centuries for, before Jesus came, there was a specific place where these unblemished sacrificial lambs 
were raised. Do you know where that place was? Bethlehem. Bethlehem was the place where the sacrificial Passover lambs were raised, the place where Jesus, the ultimate, consummate, final Passover lamb, would be born. Do you see this? Do you understand this? And one more thing. The shepherds weren't just keeping watch over any flock by night. They were keeping watch over the sacrificial lambs that would be sacrificed for the sins of the people. And when one of those lambs was born, the shepherd would pick it up and inspect that lamb. And if that lamb was without blemish, you know what they would do with it? <laughs> they would take that lamb, they would wrap it in swaddling clothes, and they would put it in a manger to set it aside so that the people would know this is the sacrificial lamb. This is the lamb that we will sacrifice. Do you see that? Do you see that? So when in their moment of terror, <laughs> I love the King James saying they were sore afraid. In their moment of terror, this angel shows up and says, fear not, but they're terrified of what they are seeing right now. In that moment, they heard. What did they heard? What did they hear? They heard that this would be a sign for them to look for. They would look for a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So they, of all people, would know what to look for. But even more so, and more importantly, and more profoundly, they, of all people, would understand the significance of this baby being born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, because they did that all the time with a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> Do you get this? Listen, y'all, you need to understand something. God is in the details. This is not random stuff. Oh, well, that's just a cute little thing somebody came up with. This is not random stuff. This is not just coincidental stuff. This is not stuff that just happens. This is the God of the universe making sure that His plan for our salvation is carried out perfectly down to the very details. Nothing with God it's coincidental. Man, this isn't just a cute little story to make us feel warm and fuzzy this time of the year with, with sweet little baby Jesus boy born to be. It's not, it's not talking about it. It's, 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 it's the perfect Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world and understand this. The perfect Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world was wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger 33 years before His sacrificial blood would be pouring out of His body and down a cruel Roman cross for you and for me. That's what they heard. That's what they heard. So what did they see? What did they what we what what did they sing? Look at verse 13. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill. What what did they sing? Right, so they saw one angel who came and said, Fear not, behold, I bring good hands of great joy. But then all of a sudden, they saw a multitude of the heavenly hosts. The night sky, they saw the night sky erupt into glorious, magnificent, life 
life-changing, stunning, awe-inspiring worship. That's what they saw. Because you need to understand the heavenly host. We've said that. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. What are we even talking about? Listen to me. The heavenly host are the, it's a description of the armies of God. The armies of God. The heavenly the, the angels that showed up were the armies of God who dwell in the very presence of God. That's what these guys saw. They just heard one angel said, don't be worried. Man, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And then all of a sudden, there's a multitude of the armies of God. Imagine what that must have looked like. Just try this morning, as we celebrate Jesus, just try to imagine what that had to have looked like. And we can't get our brain around it. We weren't there, but just try to go there for a minute. Imagine what it looked like. Now, in spite of your sweet little kids and grandkids being those cute little babies and those cute little angels in the Christmas story, and there's nothing wrong with that. We'll keep doing that. But angels were, are not little bitty babies. They're not wimpy. They're not effeminate baby-looking creatures whose pictures are on the packaging of toilet paper. That's not what angels are. Angels are warriors in the armies of God. They are battling against demonic forces right now. You and I can't see them, but the battles are going on right now. They are soldiers, warriors in the armies of God. They are messengers of God. You see what they just brought? They just brought the life-changing message to the world. They are messengers of God. They are servants of God who bring answers to prayer, who are instruments of God's judgment, who are ministers of God's comfort. They aid us. Angels aid us in winning people to faith in Christ. They encourage us in our times of danger. And they carry us into the very presence of God when we die. That's what angels do. <laughs> and that is who these shepherds saw. That's what they saw. And just try to think about this. And it says that it was a multitude. A multitude of these amazing warriors in the armies of God burst into the night sky. And it says it was a multitude. So I don't know how many a multitude is. The Word of God doesn't give us a specific number. But let's just think about it. What if? That multitude stretched from horizon to horizon, and it very well could have. What if all of a sudden the entire night sky, north, south, east, west, from horizon to horizon, was nothing but the multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. What if that's what it looked like? What if that's what it looked like? Can you just imagine that's what these guys saw? They had just heard the angels said, the baby's coming, he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They just heard that. And then all of a sudden they see a multitude of the heavenly hosts and they saw them doing what you and I are created to do. Listen to me. The, shepherd, the angels that night were doing what you and I are created to do. And that is to constantly give glory and praise to God with our lives. That's why when you come in here on Sunday mornings, I don't like to sing. <laughs> You're missing out then. 
You're missing out on the opportunity to give glory. You're missing out on the opportunity to do what these angels were doing that night in that field, in, those, in that sky above that field outside of Bethlehem. You're missing out on that opportunity to give glory and praise to God. We are created to do that. We are created to be worshipers. That's what these shepherds saw. And then what were they told? What had they been told? The last statement, the last phrase in verse 20 says, as it had been told them. They were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and all that they had seen as it had been told them. So what had they been told? Let me tell you straight up, y'all, what they had been told. They had been told the good news of great joy that was and is for For all people. How many people? All right, audience participation time. I'm almost through, so you can go ahead and wake up and kind of get ready to leave here. So here we go. This is good news for, of great joy that will be for all people. All people. This message is for all people. They have been told that the perfect, eternal plan of God for the salvation of all people was moving forward. And this good news, this good news means there's no need to fear. The angel told him, that, man, don't fear not, fear not. And he says that to us. We can say the same thing today. If you know Christ, now if you don't know Jesus, you've got a lot to be afraid of. You ought to be scared out of your wits right now that you could die today without Christ. Now, I'm not one that believes in scaring folks into heaven or scaring the hell out of people. I'm just telling you that if you don't know Christ, you've got a lot to be afraid of. Because if you die today, you will die and go straight to a Christless eternity in hell forever. But for those of us who know Jesus, no fear. If I get a cancer diagnosis this week and I'm dead by next week, I've got high blood pressure right now and I get to preach and get red in the face, get sweating. And one of these days, I'm gonna drop, if I drop right here and I'm gone, uh, I hope y'all cry a little bit, but I hope y'all celebrate because I'm gone. I'm gone. There's no fear. If I die right now, there's no fear. Because you know Jesus. That's the good news. That's the good news of great joy. This good news brings great joy. You know what the Greek word for great is? mega don't you love that this is mega joy man the good news brings mega joy don't sit there all soured up like some somebody you, you know jesus man i'm not telling you that in the midst of your pain and sorrow you got to put on a happy face now i'm not saying that but in your heart you have mega joy that will take you through that's what they had been told don't fear you got great joy this is for all people Every person in Florida, Mississippi, every person in Malaysia, every person in Chechnya, every person in Mississippi, every person in the United States, this good news is for everybody. Black, white, yellow, red, it doesn't matter. It's for everybody. Everybody. This good news, and it's personal. Because the angel said, for unto you. And he was talking to those shepherds. Unto you. Now, if he showed up and stood up right here, he'd look at you and said, unto you. It's personal. It's personal. This good news is for you. And it's for me. And this good news means that we can be rescued from our sins. Because unto you is born this day a Savior. The word Savior means rescuer. He rescues us from our sins. He rescues, rescues you out of the grip of Satan. He rescues you off of the road to hell and puts you on the road to heaven. And this good news is 
It's good news because Christ is Lord. Fear not, for you was born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The word Lord means boss. The Lord means master. So that means the good news is that you've got a great boss to live for. You may not have a great boss at work, but you've got a great heavenly boss that loves you, going to take care of you every step of the way. He is your Lord. He is your master. And now you and I have the incredible privilege and honor and unbelievable opportunity to live our lives in joyful obedience to this one who is our Lord. To live our lives in holiness, to bring honor and glory to Him. To glorify and praise Him just like these shepherds did. Do that with our lives by living our lives with Christ as Lord. So back to the 70s and 80s music. You see now why we got a reason to celebrate? Because Jesus has come. And these shepherds heard something that changed everything. They saw things that would change their lives forever. They were told, you got good news. And then it says, they went and made it known abroad. They told everybody they could say, you're not going to believe what we saw. You're not going to believe what we heard. Jesus has come. So you and I know that. So what are we going to do when we walk out that door, walk out this door over here and go get our kids and go home? What are we going to do this week? Are we going to tell folks? Are we going to live? Because we have heard it today? Because we have seen it today? Because we have been told it today? Will we live this week with Christ as Lord of our lives? And do you need Jesus? Maybe you're here today, you've never trusted Christ your Lord and Savior. Today needs to be the day I promise you this, you'll have a Christmas like you ain't never had before, amen? You give your life to Jesus today, everything changes. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So help us today, Father. We need you today, Lord. God, we need you so desperately. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for helping us and giving us the privilege one more time to tell this most wonderful story, this most familiar story, this story that changes everything. Lord, thank you for that. Let's help us to go and live it now in Jesus' name, amen.